0: We made this. Hello, and welcome to Life's Milestones, the podcast about birth, relationships, and death, or alternatively, naming ceremonies, weddings. And funerals, right here on the We Made This podcast network. My name's Mark Adams, and I am a humanist celebrant. That means that I am accredited by Humanists UK to write and conduct humanist naming ceremonies, weddings, and funerals. And before we get into this week's episode, I just want to talk about a couple of things that have happened since the last time Life's Milestones was on the air. So, we do seem to have a light at the end of the tunnel. We have a optimistic, borderline realistic plan out of the lockdown created by COVID-19 here in Britain. And we've got some dates that are currently what we're aiming for, which means that hopefully in the summer, we'll be able to have weddings and naming ceremonies again without any restrictions. And I'll tell you what, I can't wait. I can't wait to be able to do my job. So if you are thinking about getting married, if you are thinking about a naming ceremony, get in touch. I'm champing at the bit to do what I do. And as always, regular listeners of Life's Milestones get a 10% discount on those two ceremonies. I've got some other news as well. I've just finished training to do pre-planned funeral ceremonies. That means that if you want to write your own funeral ceremony, you can do so with me with the assurance that I am accredited by Humanists UK. It's not necessarily aimed at old people. It's not necessarily aimed at people who've had a terminal diagnosis. But obviously, those are the kind of people that would typically be considered the kind of people that would be looking to do a pre-planned funeral. It can be for whatever reason you like. It can be to help your family. It can be because you want to express yourself at your funeral when you've gone. Whatever the reason and whatever your situation. I don't care if you're 20 and you want to do some planning for your funeral. Get in touch because I can help. That's something that I feel passionate about. But I also understand isn't for everyone. If doing this show has taught me anything, it's that everybody has different boundaries or opinions when it comes to birth, relationships and death. But if you are interested in talking about a pre-planned funeral, you can always get in touch with me for a no obligation chat And if you decide you want to go forward, it can be done in stages with me. But I'll go through all of that if you do decide to give me a buzz. My number is 07966 781163, Or you can drop me an email on mark.adams at humanistceremonies.org.uk. That's enough of me yakking about me. My guest today is a mate who I'm really glad that I got him on to the podcast because he's a lovely, lovely guy. I met Steve Cummins about, probably about 10 years ago now. And I met him like I've met a lot of people that I know through British professional wrestling. And we've always got on, we've always chatted when we've seen each other. We've perhaps not been in the same circles for periods of time in those 10 years. But, you know, I've always been so pleased to see Steve shake his hand and catch up. And over lockdown, we've both found some solace in podcasting. And I've guested on his podcast, he's now guesting on my podcast, and it's great to have him on board. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass you over to my interview with Steve Cummings. With me at this time is Steve Cummings. Hello, Steve. Hello, Mark. How are you, mate? I'm about as good as can be expected at the moment, but I am thinking positively for the future. How about yourself?
1: Yeah, basically the same. I couldn't have put it better, really.
0: (laughs) So welcome to the podcast, Steve. Let's get your little guest profile before we get into the more meaty stuff. How old are you?
1: I am 35.
0: Wee bairn, mate.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't feel like it in the body, but yeah,
0: (laughs) Basically, anyone under forty-two, as far as I'm concerned, is a wee ban. <laughs> That's fair. I didn't realise you were that old, actually. To be honest, I thought you were a bit younger, maybe earlier thirties. Yeah, now just turned thirty-five. So, where are you from, and what's your background?
1: So, I am originally from Whitby in the northeast of England, on the nestled nicely on the coast there, and I guess lower middle class white british so my dad was a dairy farmer still is a dairy farmer so we've kind of been raised right out in the stick yeah nice and happy lots of open land to run around in as a as a wee bairn as a proper wee (laughs) bairn
0: that sounds pretty cool i didn't know that about you yeah so you can milk a cow
1: i mean i know how to put a cow into a machine to milk it (laughs)
0: oh so you didn't have like a smock and a little stool and a bucket no no we're we're a bit more advanced we do have electricity in (laughs) whitby i mean now i'm having images of you in a smock and they're not as pleasant as they might be (laughs) i'm gonna move on from that oh i can't move on from that no i'm gonna move on from that um what do you do that makes you interesting See, I
1: ag- this is the question I've agonised on the most, because it's always when I go into job interviews, like, tell us three strengths about yourself. You know, that kind of thing.
0: That's not really the aim of the question. It's more plug-yo shit.
1: Yeah, so I do a podcast called Play Your Pods Right, where me and my best mate Simon, we look at the weird and wonderful world of the UK game show. We take odd kind of jaunts abroad to look at the American stuff and see how it stacks up. But it's mostly 90s nostalgia and a bit of bit of good fun for your Wednesday afternoons.
0: And you're a wrestling referee, don't forget that bit. Yes,
1: so that is something that's so eight years ago I started training and that's how we met and mm-hmm. um, basically trained to to kind of follow the childhood dream a little bit and Over time, my body, because I didn't take care of myself properly, basically, my body's broken down a bit, and now I am looking at the referee side of things, and that kicked off because basically I got taken along to a show, they needed a referee, I just happened to have a shirt and trousers with me, and Mm -hmm. and that was that. And and I kind of fell in love with it quite quickly and started doing it as a side gig. And I spent a lot of 2018, 2019 on the sidelines. So to keep myself relevant, I just worked as a referee as much as I could. Mm. I
0: and mean, Do you want to go into what you might have done to preserve your body as soon as you seem to feel like you've damaged yourself somehow?
1: I'd have done less stupid stuff like... I've, I'm a very weird body type in that I'm tall and thin and I can't seem to hold muscle mass and that kind of thing. So I would have probably worked out m- more before starting and during I was quite lazy. I didn't do, stretch properly. Just silly things like that and I thought I could throw myself around like a cruiser a lot more than I actually done rather than being kind of ground-based and a bit more fundamental.
0: <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And I think... A lot of people, when they start out, they want to be Jeff Hardy or they want to be Davy Richards. Those are the two, I think, that people yeah. seem to want to go for. And neither of them are particularly good on the body. Nah, and that that
1: was my own foolishness. I mean, when I came back after the layoff, I did ground my style a lot more. And I've found there was probably, a, you know, I've probably got more out of myself this than the first time round, I think
0: shall we move on to talking about birth let's yeah so i recently discovered that you um are basically a milkmaid in my head (laughs) so uh, where and when and how were you born (laughs)
1: so yeah i was born in whitby hospital on january the 30th 1986 so, and I was nearly born in a barn. So, whenever someone, if you leave the door open and someone says, "Were well, you born in a barn?", my response is always, "Nearly." Brilliant. It was a case of my mum went and started going into labour whilst my dad was out on the farm, and quickly rushed to Whitby Hospital for
0: delivery. <laughs> I mean, that would be so cool. Is if someone says, "Were you born in a barn?", yeah. I am the second coming. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me your favourite story about your childhood.
1: So one that always gets brought up, and I don't really remember it, but my brother loves to tell the story, is I was playing hide-and-seek with my mum, and I decided it would be a great idea to crawl into the tumble dryer.
0: That's no wise.
1: Yeah, so my leg's dangling out out the tumble dryer, and I'm trying to kind of stop myself from giggling. My mum runs into the kitchen... And she's like, "Where's Steven? And my leg my leg's dangling out—and she just sees an open door, the tumble dryer, and keeps shutting, repeatedly trying to shut it, and it's not shutting. And I've—I've I've got hands over mouth to stop myself from giggling. And my brother's going, "He's in the umble dryer because he couldn't say tumble dryer. He <laughs> <did>. <laughs> He's in the umble dryer. He's in the umble dryer." And then my comes down, sees this little leg dangling out, and she's like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" <laughs> Pulls me out, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's one. And then there's you know, family holidays, that kind of thing. Like we had, a, we had a couple of trips to Disneyland in Paris and Florida and stuff, which I was, which we were quite lucky to have you know, for background we grew up in and that kind of thing.
0: You're old enough, right, to have been in the era of Disneyland where you just randomly bumped into Mickey or Donald or Goofy rather than having to book appointments, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I had an autograph book. I think I've st- it's still somewhere. at at the homestead where you know they, they would have like little rubber stamps or you know they would actually take the pen off you and like sign an autograph book for you which is so strange that I would go around wanting autographs of people in six foot costumes
0: but I don't know kids are like that and I think for you and me that was part of the magic of Disney whereas they've made it a bit more corporate make money with the mascots now and all the theme parks do it and i think 90s kids got it better
1: yeah i think so i didn't know that was the way now
0: yeah it's it's basically another attraction where you book an appointment or you queue to meet peter pan or spider-man or whoever
1: yeah i mean we have there, there were like little stations where it'd be like okay we'll be at this place at this time kind of thing mm. but it would be just because he was in a different outfit like if you're in adventure right. if you're an Adventureland, he'd be in the kind of dr living snipers you have outfit brilliant yeah, that kind of thing or like i mean we wanted to sue him in when we went in 01 because we couldn't find donald duck for love nor money <laughs> through all the through all the disney parks we could not find a donald duck
0: maybe there wasn't a donald duck maybe the donald duck was a lie I hope not. <laughs> I like Donald. I think Donald is underrated yeah, and much better than Mickey.
1: Yeah, I think he's a fair representation of my uh, personality sometimes, especially <laughs> especially working in retail, but
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. And I don't think that's your fault, but we we will gloss <laughs> over idiots in retail. Um and I mean the customers by the way, yeah. not the uh staff. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep focus. Do you have any children?
1: No, I don't, know. It's something me and the wife have spoken about multiple times. We've yo-yoed on it so many times. Yeah, it, do we, don't we, if not, why not, if so, why so kind of thing. But we've never kind mm. of concrete landed on anything.
0: And is that still the case? You've not decided? We had a very
1: frank discussion about it at the back end of last year. And we're still. I think what it's come down to is we're happy with how we are, right? Mm. Right now, we're just kind of. I mean, we're in the process of kind of considering career changes and things like that. So to bring, I mean, we we always joke like we can barely take care of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we we don't want to bring a child into the world. <laughs> you know, like and and we're we're both very childish ourselves as well. So again, it's probably not the most stable <laughs> kind of psyche to bring a child I think it, you're but... doing
0: yourself a little bit of a disservice there I think you'd probably um, take the ball and run with it but yeah that's
1: oh absolutely
0: that's an easy thing to say and particularly for me
1: we've kind of we've kind of landed on we'll discuss it later but you know uh, Hayley's worried about god love her she's, she's worried about you know it be getting too late and things like that which right. is which I think is nonsense and i myself am worried it might get too late for me in in other regards and things like that but it, again that's nonsense you know there are other alternatives and things like that and an adoption is something mm. we've heavily heavily considered when when it's all kind of when we kind of got to the bare bones of it all it was like yeah. adoption is probably in a way probably the nicest thing we could do yeah yeah from from a lot of standpoints you know it's taking a child out you know who who's without and giving them love and a family and all that kind of thing, you know. It's it's that's where the coins kind of landed for now. Obviously, it, it, everything mm. it, we're very much in a state of it could change tomorrow. But you know, that's pretty much where we're laid at the
0: moment. Fair enough. So, if you do have kids or you adopt, do you think you'll have a naming ceremony, a christening, or any other kind of ceremony to welcome them into the world?
1: I think so, yeah. I think a naming ceremony would probably be the nicest way to go. Like, I was baptised. I was raised very much in a Church of England household, and but mm-hmm. not practising. Like, we went to church every week and all that kind of thing, but we weren't
0: strict or anything like that. Were you confirmed? Yes. Right. That's quite strict, then.
1: Yeah, but I think part of it was I felt like I had to. I don't know, like because my brothers did it as well and it wasn't Hmm. forced on us or anything like that it was just it just got you know get brought up in a conversation be like oh okay yeah sure like we didn't question it or anything like that
0: so almost as a coming of age thing rather than an acknowledgement of faith yeah
1: that's i think that's how it was i think was probably the best way to put it yeah that's nail on head i think but as years have gone on and time's gone on and i've looked through it and I'm not religious in the slightest. I gave up on that idea pretty much not long after I was confirmed, to be honest. I kind of, and so it just kind of, I think it would be hypocritical of us to do that. But I think a naming ceremony, the more I've read up on it since getting to know you and and the work that you do and everything like that, I think is just a wonderful way of doing it without that kind of sort of Damocles of religion kind of hanging over it, you know?
0: Yeah. So, have you any idea what you think you might like to be or include as part of the ceremony?
1: I think just finding something that fits as as much as you can gauge a child's personality at a young age. Something that, that mm. fits, I think, is the nicest way to, that we could do it. Something that, that suits us as a family dynamic and that suits the child's personality and everything like that.
0: Mm. Do you think you'd want... I call I love what I call kitchen ceremonies, where it is just a small group of family in the kitchen or the living room. But you can have much larger scale stuff. Do you think it will be more kitchen style or do you think you'd want to go for a big thing?
1: I think probably kitchen because like our families are so spread out. So like Haley's is hmm. Staffordshire based and then mine are Yorkshire, Staffordshire. Plymouth I've got family all over the shop so mm. I think just keep it nice and quiet and quaint and then we can just celebrate with the rest of the family another time and and that kind of thing and kind of yeah a bit, bit of show and tell of the child more than anything
0: yeah yeah I'd like to point out that kitchen style is not an official term yeah. that is <laughs> uh, used by humanists UK it's just me because I'm weird <laughs> do you think you'd like have I don't know? What would you include? Like, would you have someone play a song? Would you have a symbolic gesture? What was the anything that you think you would like included a reading or whatever yeah
1: i think the, the kind of music and reading and that and that i think i mean if we can kind of integrate all of it absolutely I, I don't know what the symbolic gesture would be if it's a passing down of something that i had as a child or something like that yeah but, uh, almost like almost that kind of passing on kind of thing something like that maybe but mm. i think just try to try bring it all together quite nicely i'm sure there's a
0: way we could thread it Yeah, the thing about symbolic gestures is you can pick something that somebody else has done, like a tree planting or a hand fasting or something like that. But the whole point is that it is so flexible that you can create your own secular ritual that you like, that someone else might nick going down the line. So I quite like this idea of a hand-down kind of process that you're thinking. I definitely think that that's something you should develop. Definitely, definitely. It's like...
1: I had this silver piggy bank thing mm-hmm. that is, again, somewhere at the homestead wrapped in 20 newspapers to keep, <laughs> to keep it safe, you know, that I'm sure I could dig out and, and would probably be the pass on, you know. Like, haley mm. has got a Christmas tree bauble she's had since she right. was knee-high to a grasshopper that she'd probably want to pass on or
0: something like that, you know? Mm, that's really lovely, and I think there is real value in rituals created by a family that you can continue anything from like keeping a middle name or anything like Mm. that that's something that isn't based in faith at all and those kind of self-created rituals I think in a lot of ways are more meaningful
1: yeah I'd agree with that wholeheartedly like don't think i'm named after anyone in my family or anything like that there's no one i can route or anything like that you know like one of my brothers mm. his middle name is my mother's maiden name so he's always got that with him like and and things like that so i don't know maybe for lack of a better term put pressure on myself to create something that's mine that i can that i can carry on Yeah. You know and it may just and it may just be like i'd you know give if we had a son you know give him my dad's name or something like that you know some you know some, something yeah. like that and and, and and as I say it's it's one of those things to kind of develop as and when and cross that bridge when we get there you know
0: yeah and there's absolutely no harm in looking at other people's stuff and nicking it if you like it as well <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> one of my favorites is the idea of the guests creating the child's first library so you specifically ask everybody to bring the gift of a book
1: oh I like that a lot
0: Hmm.
1: So basically looking at character plagiarism, essentially. Nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely
0: not. That's something that, you know, is acknowledged that celebrants <laughs> do, because people come up with lovely stuff. And as a man who likes books, the library one is particularly a favourite of mine, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm the, I'm, I'm the same. There's so many books on my shelf that I haven't even thought about reading yet, but I know I want to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think everybody's got that yeah. kind of shelf of shame, haven't they?
1: <laughs>
0: okay, let's move on to the section about marriage. Yep. And the first question I do know the answer because you've already mentioned it, but are you married?
1: Yes, I am, yes. We've been married for eight years.
0: It's a long time.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've been together, it'll be 14 years, this 15 years this year.
0: Amazing. Yeah. So tell me about your wedding day.
1: So wedding day that was eventful. Um it was more the lead up to the wedding that was eventful but no the wedding day itself was was lovely. We got married at the Mackworth Hotel in Derby and a, a, they had like a couple on site that were there specifically to arrange the marriages and stuff like that and mm-hmm. like coordinators. And we basically we we were looking for a neutral place we could get married and we found this place and we went we basically we went up there for like a recon mission almost, so we just went for Sunday lunch. Right, like we'll have a look at the spaces and everything like that, see how the staff are, all that kind of thing. And we, we loved it and everything like that. And on the way out, we saw they were doing a special offer for Sun for Sunday wedding, so it was like X amount of people all day that you get the room all day and everything like that. And it was like a fraction of the cost of if you would get married any other day of the week, so right. like some sort of sign. So, you know, we looked into it, put the budgets together and yeah, bang on. It was, and it worked out nicely from there. We had the typical relatives falling out on the wedding day and all that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and we had family members not turn up for various reasons, which I won't go into because that's my side of the family. Yeah, Good it grace. was, but, but overall really nice day. There were tears of joy and yeah, it was, it was, really really lovely
0: all this stuff you talk about like family (laughs) fallouts and things I don't see that when I'm a celebrant for a thing so I just see all the lovely stuff the stuff that I've prepared and I can control then I shake the groom's hand hug the bride (laughs) say thank you very much and leave so I don't see any (laughs) of that shit
1: it it was right at the end as well like I don't know what what happened I was very inebriated it was just literally we were about to go it was literally we were about to go up to the room there were a couple of relatives having a having a fall having a bit of a shouting match at each other and yeah it just it just kind of killed the vibe look at but as I say, luckily it was right at the end so it's fine everything got smoothed over the next morning when everyone had sobered up a bit
0: <laughs> good so family fallouts that's kind of almost expected what was it about your ceremony that made it unique to you
1: we just made it about us because Mm. again it was in the lead up to everything we were trying to find like a decorator and and things like that and but we were trying to do it all on a budget so we made it cheap and cheerful but elegant i think is the best way to put it like right basically we got kind of shafted by this decorator at one point and we were like you know what just keep the deposit whatever like would because they were just being very non-committal to anything And we were really worried we weren't going to get stuff on time and things. So we're just like, we'll just do it ourselves. So it, it just got into cutting shapes out of like black card and things like that. And creating all the table decorations and everything ourselves. We just did it. You know, we just went out, bought some vases, bought some mirrors, bought this, bought that, you know miles of black card and these little hole punches shaped like dragonflies that we, so were just cutting black card for days seemingly and just collecting them in, in little Ziploc bags and stuff to just to use as confetti to scatter on the tables and it was it was us and that's what we wanted like we knew it wasn't going to be religious we knew there would be for lack of a better term a, a slight rock and roll vibe to it um because like, for instance, when guests were being seated, we were playing hmm. the, the kind of chill songs of some of our favourite metal bands. So it was subtle. It was nice and subtle.
0: Good. Tell me the bands and I'll tell you if I think it was subtle.
1: So Haley came down the aisle to Down. Nice. We had Il Nino, which are like a, a Spanish metal band.
0: <laughs> this doesn't sound subtle, Steve. <laughs>
1: it was, trust me. Uh, we had Red Hot Chili Peppers. So when we got announced as husband and wife, we left to the Foo Fighters. Um, what song? It was Everlong.
0: Lovely. I mean, Everlong says it all, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. So that was Hayley's choice, that, because I had no idea. She was like, she's like, oh, well, I've always liked this song. I was like, okay, it's about you, so yeah.
0: I want to go back to something that you said about making dragonfly confetti why dragonflies
1: so one of the bands that we really like uh, one of their logos is a dragonfly so right and we've always just been like enamored with dragonflies as, as like a creature because they're very beautiful and and everything like that and i don't know and so we just kind of ran with it and because and we were getting married in the autumn and everything like that it just felt right
0: that's cool. I love it when things are made specifically for the couple. Which track by Kaheden and Cambrian did you choose? Uh, it was called
1: Wake Up, and it's just a really nice ballad. And so this when this album was written, the lead singer wrote it for his girlfriend at the time, this song. Right. But played it over the phone to her, and she just went, I can't do this anymore, and broke up with him. Fucking hell. <laughs> he he scrapped he scrapped the entire album but that song remained but then when the album was finished and and, and everything like that and when they were mastering it and everything they got back together and they're now happily married and have a child and everything oh
0: so he did end up with a happy ending good i thought bloody hell steve that's yeah happy
1: happy ending at the end <laughs> happy ending and everything like that <laughs> but um but we got a couple of looks during it because like you know generally speaking you're not listening to the song you're, you're watching the couple do the awkward shuffle yes. around the dance floor um, but one of the lines is i'll do anything for you kill anyone for you lovely
0: subtle <laughs>
1: so we got a couple of people kind of went but, wait what did, did that just say what i think it said uh, but you know they, <laughs> they quickly moved on
0: the ex-boyfriends and girlfriends were like oh
1: <laughs> there were none at At the
0: uh, ceremony, so it's fine. (laughs) Probably for the best.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's, you know? Priests do the does anyone have any cause for these people to not marry thing. I don't ever do that because I don't want someone to fucking turn up and say, wait a minute, it should have been me. I don't want that in my ceremonies. No, I don't think anyone needs that in their lives, you know? No lawful impediment, etc., etc. I just. No. I mean, what would you even do?
1: Yeah, that's just it. It's, And I think it's got to be a good reason. Like, I mean, way back when it was, you know, she's not a virgin, therefore she can't marry kind of thing, you know, in, in the Middle Ages. But now I don't really know what your proper lawful impediment would be other than they're actually already secretly married. Something like I that. I think that's
0: the only one. Yeah. I think that's the only one. And I... Just assume with my couples that they're not taking the piss. Yeah,
1: basically. It's all you can hope for, isn't it, really?
0: <laughs> Your wedding sounds like it was bloody lovely. I think it was probably just before I met you, actually, from the timescales you were talking about. Yes.
1: October 2012, we got married, and we, me and you first met in December 2012,
0: so... There you go. I think I'd have enjoyed it. I don't think I'd have been ready to be a celebrant for you. Did, did you use a celebrant, by the way?
1: It was a registrar. It was kind of cut and dry by the book
0: right so you didn't really have any personalized elements of the ceremony it was more the after party that you focused on
1: yeah outside of music choices we were allowed three tracks during the signing but other than that it was a case of you given. I think it was three three or five statements and you had to choose one right for your quote-unquote vows like we weren't allowed to do anything like that you know we did speeches and stuff during the sit-down dinner and everything like that but that, that was the closest we could get to, kind of writing our own vows. We didn't, we didn't do that stuff. It was because we were worried about what we'd say and things like that. So we thought we'd kind of keep it a bit cut and dry for that for the actual, yeah, you know, official part of it.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people, as much as I'm obviously very supportive of the idea of a humanist ceremony, a lot of people don't want that level of everybody's eyes being on them, and that's a perfectly legitimate thing to want, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think we had we, and a lot of it was we'd already had enough going on in the build in the build up to it <laughs> that one more, more, more didn't need. So uh, we'd had an issue in one of the families. Uh, we'd had me and my eldest brother fall out over it. We'd had just and it, yeah, you know, with the decorators and everything like that. So, do you know what? Let's just give us cut ourselves a bit of a bit of slack here with this thing and and let's yeah let's not panic let's find somewhere where we don't need to panic
0: (laughs) but it sounds like you made the right decisions for you in the end and you had a lovely day
1: yeah absolutely absolutely i i I mean we've we've spoken about doing like renewals and things like that just to to fully tailor it to ourselves and just for a bit of fun but at the same time it's like do, do we want to tarnish the day that we had yeah, mm. d- d- if, we, if we were to do a renewal, back away from the actual day—is it because we have regrets about that or something? But when we don't, you know, we fully loved and embraced that day, and it was and it was wonderful.
0: I think vow renewals can be done for various different reasons, and if it is unfortunate that you weren't happy with your wedding day, that's a very sad reason. But I think celebrate and reaffirm are equally valid reasons for a vow renewal, perhaps on a certain anniversary or something like that.
1: Yeah, like, it was something we considered for the fifth anniversary and things like that, but its I think we might do it down the line, but, we, but it would be, again, it would be very us, it would be daft, and it would be a bit OTT and things like that, and, yeah, a, a lot more personalised, but less, a bit less stressful.
0: Lots of metal music.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, it'd be cheesy pop all the way, to be honest, I think.
0: <laughs> oh dear, have you mellowed in your old age? Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right let's move on to the section about death and the first one is the one that i consider the big one are you scared of death
1: so there's like a famous spike milligan death of i'm not afraid of dying i just don't want to be there when it happens (laughs) and i think that probably sums it up as best like i was once upon a time and like i went through a big thing in my teens of being quite depressed and everything and there were a couple of times i contemplated you know ending it all and all that kind of thing good grief and it was the fear that stopped me right and it's not even so much the fear of dying it's the fear of what i leave behind and if if i were to go out in those circumstances it would be the grief that i would leave behind that i was scared mm.
0: of
1: especially in in that kind of manner you know for lack of a better term and so so I've grown to accept that it's part of living and it's how you get to that end so I'm not really scared of it. it it's more what would take me there that I think I'm scared of.
0: Yeah I think that's pretty reasonable. So have you ever experienced the death of a loved one?
1: Sadly yes quite a few I mean everything from pets to my mother passed away when I was twelve. You know, uncles, grandparents, you know, all i kind of run the gamut a little bit.
0: Yeah, and how I I can't even begin to imagine how it must feel to be that young and lose your mum. Mm. Do you remember it, or have you? Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, it was the decline. You know, she passed away from cancer, so it was it was seeing the decline. I think was and it, and it was for for the longest time because I think she first kind of got it when i was like back end of 10 11 something like that was when she was first diagnosed and you mm. know so and at first i was very sheltered from it it was like mum's sick That that's right it. like you know mum's poorly whatever it may be and then kind of when i realized actually yeah she's very very poorly what what's this about like yeah. and I, again i still wasn't fully fed i was basically told it's cancer and but wasn't told what cancer is what it can do and all this kind of thing like yeah i went with her to a couple of like treatments and stuff because my auntie came up my auntie her sister came up from plymouth and stuff and to be with her for for a while and stuff and so i would go i went with her to hospital a couple of times and and things that sort and i've yeah, i've got sudden vivid memories of my dad listening to a tape that was sent from like a herbal remedy kind of company right Uh, kind of explaining what this drug was and what it could do and all you know and all this kind of thing, like listening to that on a night when he thought no one was around, kind of thing, or mm. yeah, I'm I'm just, I'm upstairs playing video games, but I can hear it downstairs in the kitchen, kind of thing, yeah,
0: yeah. So you're talking about anticipatory grief, which arguably is one of the toughest things to deal with, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, and it wasn't until a lot later that it all kind of caught up because you know it was very yeah, my dad's very stiff upper lip and kind of okay this has happened now we've got to move past it kind of thing and mm. yeah it was he was very strong for three boys Yeah, you know, one being me at pre-teen and my and my brothers being firmly in their teens kind of mm. thing yeah my eldest brother would have just turned 18 at the time and middle brother was 15 so it was like it was Yeah, i have so much respect for that man for kind of holding us together in that and it wasn't until we kind of became Mm. our own people a bit more that we were kind of able to face what we'd kind of gone through on our own and things and yeah and so I owe a lot to him for kind of guiding us through that as best he could
0: and I think you've basically hit it on the head is that when you are grieving it's a combination of finding someone to help you but also finding someone that understands that you can just be with in a lot of ways mm.
2: yeah
1: yeah I, I i mean i don't know how he fully coped with it or how he fully went through it. it's not something we've ever properly spoken about and i don't know if we ever will but it's c- mm. because we're not those kinds of people with each other not wants to openly talk about our feelings and so on and so forth and, and that's fine i accept that about him you know and so it's it's more just kind of I, you know I found my own ways to deal with it and I'm, and I know my brothers did like you know I went to a counselor in the end and all that kind of thing and but that wasn't until I was f- 16 that I finally they all kind of finally mm. came crashing down and I had a bit of a breakdown and stuff and and finally started getting help and stuff and you know went to a counselor and things and you know started talking through it all and and because and yeah as much as I maybe did want to talk to my dad about it or like it was i don't know how he would have equipped himself to equip me for i, I yeah. think that's the best way i can put yeah. it but yeah it was it but like yeah we're, we're better people for it and you know he's you know and i, I have so much love and admiration for that man for yeah you know, steering us through it better for our own benefit at the, for what he thought was best for us at the time to to kind of cope with it and guiding those waters you know
0: it sounds like he did an incredible job and realistically 10 to 11 is probably one of the very worst ages you could have been because you're just starting to become a grown-up you're just starting to truly understand the world and then something like that happens to you no wonder it was tough man
1: yeah yeah and and obviously because yeah his job demands him 24 7 and so he couldn't always kind of be around with us to kind of help us yeah, mm. as much as he would have liked, and he ha- he has opened up about that to me in the past he's like, you know, he does feel a shade of guilt that he couldn't properly spend the proper time with us and things, like, you know, he made efforts and uh, by that point I was grumpy teen and go away, go away dad <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that kind of thing, but yeah it was, yeah
0: was what it was there's something about the dad that tries really hard and just, gonna you know, fuck off. Yeah. It's just, I don't know many people who didn't do that. Yeah. And yeah, it's it seems that even in a situation like yours, there are some norms that don't change.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
0: So we're going to move on. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was a hell of a thing to share. And I think... You've said yourself on social media that you appreciate the stories that people tell on this podcast. Uh, That's one of the heaviest. And I really do. I really am very grateful for you sharing that. But I think we'll now move on and talk about Mm -hmm. your own funeral. Do you want to be buried or cremated?
1: Uh, I'm going to have to go with a general consensus on this and be cremated i think and and who it was it might have been matt who basically said he doesn't want to take up the space <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, and and i think that's probably the nice way i mean most of my uh, the vast majority of you know relatives that i've lost were, were all cremated my mother's buried and it's nice to have that headstone to visit and things like that but mm. yeah it's like i think i would rather be cremated you yeah, know just just yeah again free up some space for, for someone else you know <laughs> Or something else you know, yeah, and
0: I think that it is the headstone that is kind of the tipping point for some people they don't particularly want to be buried, but they might want a headstone yeah i'm
1: I'm not a very ostentatious person, so I wouldn't want yeah it's like I can be remembered in my own house, yeah f from the comfort of my own home, like yeah and, and things yeah. like that you know and, and i can still have something nice like there are plaques that people have and things like that and it you know if i, if, yeah, decorative yeah, if urns. I have that much impact on someone's life that they'd want to do that you know people get benches and things like that like, i don't think i'd ever have that much impact on on a community or anything like that to warrant it but you know it's, it's something like that mm. or you know yeah but yeah as you say like a decorative urn something like that just you know that, that i think that's an easier way to remember me than having to travel to see a headstone you know
0: Mm. so have you thought about what reading you might like to be read at your funeral
1: i have actually so i had a couple of ideas and they're both kind of based around the idea of like i'm not dead so long as i'm alive in the hearts of hearts and minds of those who knew me kind of thing and and it's not the end it's just the start of something else and you know that kind of thing and so the first is believe it or not the final monologue from the movie gattaca of all things. Okay, good. For someone who was never meant for this world, I must confess I'm suddenly having a hard time leaving it. Of course, they say every atom in our bodies was once part of a star, so maybe I'm not leaving. Maybe I'm just going home.
0: That's lovely. I might nick that. (laughs) I I haven't seen Gattaca, so I wouldn't have heard that before. I haven't
1: for the longest time. I haven't for the longest time, and I had to kind of re-look that up. I'm like, I remember the ending being quite profound and all that kind of thing, and i mean the other one it's it's a bit longer but it's more just about it's from ad crook and it's more about like you know it's not the end it's because an idea you, you yourself are an idea and an idea lives on and all that mm. kind of thing it's a bit it when it when i read, it comes off comes across like communist dogma a little <laughs> bit, but when i really read through it a bit but um yeah it's, uh, we view death as influenced by our upbringing death, the end, game over. If we were to take death in a different angle of perspective, such as an idea, as they say, ideas can never die. And if we were applied this idea to ourselves, the world would be significantly different. An idea can be represented by various embodiments and forms of it. However, these are just representation and not the essence of the idea itself. These representations of an idea can be destroyed, but the idea can never perish view our bodies, our thoughts, our entire world to be representation of our idea, then life is far different. The idea being that we are energy. We are an idea. If destroyed, the idea remains. Energy cannot be destroyed. An idea and energy is not defined or segregated into different segments. Everything is one, all connected, all the same, unity. So in this perspective, death isn't so bad now, is it?
0: Another one I like. Yeah. I've not used that, but I have used similar kind of sentiment in a lot of ceremonies that I've done yeah they're really really good Steve yeah. I've had a lot of people go uh don't know as their answer to that so again thank you yeah. for having a proper think about it that's brilliant yeah again just to go
1: back to it, it's not the idea of death that scares me it's also like the idea of the fading of memories yes and the miss or the misremembering of events and you start to wonder if the memories you have attached that person never really happened you misremembering an event or something like that and it's Mm. and it's a weird trauma within the trauma almost yeah it's like yeah of course i have memories of family holidays and things and you know photo albums bring that back and like you know i'd love to find some like old vhs tapes of christmases and family holidays and stuff just to see if the memory I have matches up to what actually happened yeah, and things. And, and yeah, it's like we live in a generation now where we can capture memories forever, but sometimes they're not true memories either, which is... Yes. Uh, I'm going into a whole other profound world here. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's... But at the end, I'll, I think I'd find comfort in the middle ground of it's not quite how I remember it happening, but the reality was just as wonderful as the memory that I have.
0: Yeah, and that's perfectly fine yeah
1: exactly exactly my gran is going to be 98 this year and nice and she's still go gran yeah and she's still very much not acting like it good like which is great and it fills my heart but I've never taken the time to talk to her about her life properly and I hate the idea of finding out about your loved ones at their funeral
0: Mm. well you know lockdown get on zoom talk to her
1: yeah that's just it, yes. Yeah. So it's like my maternal granddad, like he died a few years ago and I heard this wonderful story where he'd gone into the Navy as a minesweeper, but he was so seasick that they had to make him a shore officer because he was useless. Brilliant. And, and, and that's just such a great story but, and I felt guilty that I didn't know
0: that about him in life. I don't think you need to feel guilty. I think it's a nice thing in a lot of ways to discover something new about someone when they've died.
1: Yeah, oh no, absolutely. But yeah, same as say. As soon as like it's safe to do so, like just you know, take a microphone and just speak to my gran about her life. Because I mean, when I think about it, '98 like that's that's the Second World War. It's JFK. That's like mm. moon landings, Nixon, Watergate. You know, Thatcher, Britain. Like all this stuff happened in her lifetime, and like
0: Berlin Wall yeah. is one for me that I know happened in my lifetime. But I remember. Maybe the image of a wall falling on the news, but that's it. Yeah. And even something as recent as the Berlin Wall feels like forever ago, whereas your grand's seen it all.
1: Exactly. And it's like and that's just it, like the Berlin Wall, like me and Haley went to Berlin like a couple of years ago and we went to like part of the wall and there was a museum and stuff attached to it. And at the end of it all there's a video of, you know, the fall and everything like that and at the back of the room I could just hear sobbing. Like at first I thought it was mm. just like, like a valve or something like that that was on the blink. And I kind of turn around, I see this woman sobbing and I'm like, and it kind of dawned me like this happened in that person's lifetime. And she would have seen all this yeah. and her family would have been involved in all this. And it's it kind of really brought it home. And yes, yeah, so it'd be nice to just kind of talk to her about some of these like key events in you know, the 20th century and just kind of be like, so what, where were you when kind of thing? And who, who were you when that kind of thing?
0: yeah I think perhaps the only one that I can think of for you and me that is that maybe two princess die because we're British but also obviously the twin towers I know exactly where I was for the twin towers you know
1: yeah same same I know exactly where I was yeah Yeah. I was going into the gym in Whitby and uh, a mate of mine was coming out and said have you heard about one in America and that was it and like all the all the t in the gyms were tuned to the news channels, and it was weird trying to you know, lift and run the treadmills when there's you know the same video looping. It was very
0: strange, mm. well, I remember I was just at work, my first job after university, and it broke the internet, so we couldn't do our job, yeah, it's so huh. strange, mm. Anyway, you and me, we've got distracted. Yeah, we have. (laughs) We are supposed to be talking about your funeral. What music tracks would you select for the entrance, reflection, and exit part of your funeral?
1: Yes, I mean, for the entrance, I had this... Like, if I died before my parents, I always always had this weird joke in the back of my head that I'd want big, burly blokes in suits and red rose in lapel to bring me into the Godfather theme. Good. To make make my parents wonder what I'd been up to. Wow. (laughs) Um, But... (laughs) But uh, in in actuality, so I'd like to be brought into uh, for the entrance uh, the ecstasy of gold from the good, the bad, the ugly.
0: Okay. Um, so it's I quite like. epic.
1: It's quite epic and stuff. But yeah, uh, mm. reflection. There's a song by a gentleman called Josh Raiden uh, called Winter, and I found this song uh, through of All Things. Um, but it's okay. from that that episode when Brendan Fraser's character dies, and it's playing at his funeral, and it and I uh, I found it okay. quite reflective um, and then for yeah, the final farewell uh, White A Shade Of Pale by Procol Harum
0: Very good choices Steve, I approve of these
1: Yeah no, that's. I don't know why X Of Gold, I just always had a, some an attraction to that song for some reason
0: I like when people pick something that they liked and they feel is important to them but isn't one of what I would call the norms, the top 10 favourite funeral songs. And, like, I don't know, even something from a video game soundtrack I've had in the past, which I thought was brilliant because the guy likes video games. And I like it when people pick stuff that isn't what I would consider the norm because no one is the norm. No, exactly. As I say, it would be
1: easy to kind of go with, you know, going home, or as it's known, the Hovis advert, you know, that kind of thing. It'd be easy to go with that. (laughs) And... Or, or you know some some religious hymn or something like that It'd be, it be it's it makes sense but it's not doesn't necessarily suit the individual you know
0: mm. well steve it's been an absolute pleasure having you as my guest where can people find you on the internet
1: so i am on all the socials at play Your pods uh, and that is for our game show podcast that we spoke about at the start and yeah so we're on twitter instagram facebook just just hunt us down and the podcast if you're listening to life's milestones you can find us there as well
0: yeah any format you can find me you can find steve thank you for having me and keep up the good work thank you so much for being a guest on life's milestones mate it's been a pleasure thank you mate and yourself take care <laughs> I'd just like to say one more time, thank you so much to Steve for joining me on Life's Milestones. And I will give you a little bit more information on his current podcasts. Because since we recorded, he's expanded from the one, play your pods right, to three different podcasts. He's a bit like me. He's got a lot of podcasts going on because podcasting is great fun. So first up is play your pods right. I've guested on that Already I've been on their episodes covering Cluedo, Nightmare and Funhouse. His two newer podcasts, first up is called When We Grow Up, which is a podcast where he talks to people about what they wanted to be when they grew up and what happened after that. And the other one is called The Bucket List Festival podcast, where he gets guests to tell him two artists that they would put onto a festival lineup that they have never seen but really want to. And he has a chat with people about gigs and stuff on that as well and it's a really cool little music podcast. I've recorded episodes for both Bucketlist Festival and When We Grow Up but I've no idea when he's putting them up because again like me he's way ahead of schedule so who knows but keep your eye on those two it's at when we grow pod and at bucket list fest pod on twitter for those two new podcasts by steve so that's about it for this time thank you so much for joining me on life's milestones and i will see you in a fortnight life's milestones is a podcast on the we made this podcast network the show's host is me mark adams You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at MarkAdamsHC. You can also find me on Facebook. Just search for Mark Adams Humanist Celebrant. My website is humanist.org.uk forward slash Mark Adams. Regular listeners to the podcast can claim a 10% discount on my fees for a naming ceremony or wedding. Just make sure you quote milestones when you get in touch. The theme tune for Life's Milestones is performed by Zach Reagan... And the logo was created by Carl Bryan. Follow the show on Twitter at Milestones. Thank you for listening.
2: Hello everyone, this is Tony, Network Chief of We Made This. As you know... Our podcast network brings together a brilliant assortment of talent who talk about all kinds of pop culture content, such as the episode you've just listened to. We're not going anywhere, but we'd love to keep the lights on for even longer if you're able to support our network on Patreon. For just £2 a month, you get your name in lights and the satisfaction of knowing you're helping us produce more great audio. And for £3 a month, you'll get your name in lights, but you'll also get access to an exclusive bi-monthly podcast from the We Made This talent pool on podcasting, pop culture, and, well, you tell us. We'll take your suggestions. For less than the price of a coffee per month, you can help keep We Made This going. Just head to patreon.com forward slash we made this. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash we made this and get the ball rolling. Elsewhere on We Made This.
0: Right in the childhood. At the moment. Number one is Gummy Bears. Number two is Robin of Sherwood. Number three is Dark Season. And number four is the Tripods. Where are we putting cyber city this is going straight to the top popping right to the top i I was all about this yeah my goodness i was yeah i was digging this and i feel like my top five for your stuff has been like everything's getting better and better yeah this was i was digging it
2: We dig music.
0: She always makes me think of my mum, though, because my mum's middle name is Avril.
2: Right, Okay. I thought you meant because your mum (laughs) was a skater boy? Because she was Uh, a skater
0: boy, yeah. (laughs) Or or your dad was. (laughs) Actually, my dad was. My dad, in his youth, used to play roller hockey.
2: (laughs) I don't think that's quite the same as being a skateboarder.
0: He was a skater boy. He had roller boots. Don't dis roller
2: boots. Roller boots are f***ing rubbish. <laughs> I tripped. I fucking tripped over a roller skate earlier. So roller skates, roller off. boots are coming back in a big way, man. I mean, I've Seen loads of people doing <laughs> f***ing skating that, that that is, like that. That is true, actually. You'll see. I
0: always wanted some, and I never got a pair.
2: <laughs> you could get some now. Yeah, yeah. Could, I You Could have had some for your fiftieth birthday. That wouldn't have been a <laughs> midlife crisis, would it?
0: Yeah, I'll probably kill myself by I'm 51.
2: <laughs> yeah, don't do that. We've got a load more episodes planned. we
0: are starfleet they want to share their their joy their feelings you know whether it's happiness or disappointment and i understand but
2: thursday afternoon you know taking a screen grab of the final act and like the big reveal and just like oh my god i'm so excited and then hashtagging like star trek star trek discovery star trek arc yeah. star trek voyager it's like come on man you're spoiling it
0: yeah i uh, i hate spoilers myself i i do whenever there's something i'm looking forward to i do try to stay off of any and all social media if i can
2: check out all of these shows and more on the we made this podcast network